Hi everyone and welcome to the Learner's Corner. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn about different people, organizations, events, and topics. My name is Kayla Mason and this is my co-host Todd Hixenbaugh. Today we are going to be learning about the topic women in leadership. And joining us for this conversation will be Brenda Young. Now Brenda Young has been casting and leading the vision of Cornerstone Church since 1996. She is the director of Clear Blue Global Water Project, a graduate of Ohio Christian University in Asbury Theological Seminary, and an elder in the Free Methodist Church. Brenda was awarded an honorary doctor of divinity degree from the Center of Contemporary Christianity in Bangalore, India. She's a frequent speaker at both national and international conferences and seminars. She is also an author with two books, currently selling Only God, co-author with Dwight Mason, which is my dad, and Grace and Truth, Finding Balance in the Christian Life. So one of the reasons why we're so excited to be talking with Brenda is because for Caleb and I, we're really excited about leadership. We're really excited about seeing what other leaders are doing. And Brenda is somebody who brings a very unique perspective to leadership and just the, the, the way that um, people who are, who are women have to function in their leadership roles and just some of the challenges and some of the actually wonderful things that she'll talk about with, with how that also can, can work. And so Caleb, we're really excited. Caleb and I were really excited for this interview, and uh, we, we hope that you are too. Yeah, and one of the great things that I appreciate um, Brenda for is, one, she's my aunt, which is um, awesome. And the other thing is that, you know, she's not just a great um, woman leader. She's just a great leader just in general. And we're really excited to bring that conversation to you right now. Well, Welcome to the podcast, Brenda Young. I'm so glad to have you here, especially you being my aunt and all. Yes, we have Caleb's aunt on the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. I've been I've been subscribing, and I really really like what you're doing. Thank so you. Glad to be Thank here. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Well, she is the senior pastor at Cornerstone Free Methodist Church, and uh, we're just really excited to have you on the podcast today. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Okay, well, I am I'm probably uh, one of the most unique perspectives that you've had on here so far because I have been I've been in ministry for uh, more than 40 years as a woman. Uh, my husband was my boss for a good number of years. I was on staff with him and now I'm his boss. So that works out <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> it works out well now. Uh, we have we've been we prayed when we were in grad school that God would give us a place of lifetime service, and it has been that for me. Charlie's been uh, superintendent of an annual conference in our state and pastored other churches, but I, it has really been a lifetime calling for me and had lots of oppor- other opportunities, but I love being there, and I you know, I know this is what God has had for me to do. Uh, the church is a church in a um, lower-income area, and we are definitely the influencing church. There are other larger churches around us, but everybody in our community knows who we are. We are the influencing church. And uh, with the um, heroin, um, all the narcotic ec- uh, epidemic that's going on, we're the place everybody looks to for help. I, in one period of time, in um, uh, 14 months, I did 11 overdose funerals. It, was wow. crazy 
and uh, we and it just keeps coming. That was just one stretch of time, but uh, we have that. We have uh, in our church we have a uh, an AA group of over 100 members. Um, we just have a, a diverse congregation with lots of needs, and and uh, so you know one of our challenges is we're always economically challenged because we have a vision that's far bigger than our resources, but. Um, it's a great church to pastor. Wonderful, wonderful people. We have a profound impact in the community, and uh, it's great. Our kids have grown up there and are now leaders in the church. We do have one son, Caleb. You, you folks know this. Uh, one son is planning a, a church called Ignite City Church in Strongsville, mm -hmm. and then two other uh, children uh, are there active in the church, one on staff. And we have an, our eighth grandchild coming next week. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, which you'll probably have it by the time this podcast is there aired. we go yes yeah. so i can well then i'll just go ahead and announce her she's <laughs> hazel may <laughs> yeah well the reason why we have you on today is because we really want to talk about um just the subject of women in leadership and i know todd and i feel very strongly about this topic of just you know really including women at the table of leadership because i mean there's no there's a difference between us, but we're all equal, and we yes. all deserve a seat at the table. Right. So before diving into that, the question we want to ask you is, what made you want to get started in leadership? You know, I, I love that question because I never actually considered starting in leadership. My dad was, um, he, he was an equal opportunity employer from the get-go. That was him. And so when, when we were kids, I was never really conscious of the fact that I was a girl. In a, in a negative way. You know, mm -hmm. I was just uh, conscious that I was gifted, and he used to tell us all the time, you can do anything God wants you to do. You can do that. So I grew up in a small town and, and grew up around um, places just thinking of myself as, you know, as a person, and it never occurred to me that there weren't many women leaders. I didn't see that much, mm -hmm. but it never occurred to me because I wasn't thinking men and women way. So everything my dad did, I, I did. I loved it. I I believe I was born uh, with the gift of leadership, and I dad would take me with him. I would go from the time I was very tiny. I would go to nursing homes and you know to different places with him. And if he was um, any place he was leading, I would go. He was a pastor and. And so I would go there and, and I would read and talk to people and communicate with people and anything he did, I thought I could do. <laughs> so I just sure. started doing it and, and I did the, the same thing at school. I, as I look back at it now, I can see that I understood that I needed to come into leadership in a different way. But at the moment, I was not, a, I was not consciously aware of it. Mm -hmm. I was always offering anything I wanted to lead, I was offering to help in from the time I was very young. And then generally, not to sound cocky, but generally I would do it better than whoever was already doing it, and so they would let me lead it. And, and that's, how, that's how I got started in leadership. I just started doing it. <laughs> I never really considered it. I just you know, started doing it. So... You know, as we said, we're talking about women and in women in leadership. And the next question we want to ask you is, like, do you remember the first time that you experienced like sexism whenever it comes to like the leadership aspect of it? And like, tell us a little bit about that. You know, again, I would say I experienced uh, sexism probably very young, and I was not aware that that that's what it was. I remember sometime. When I was young, I, I can kind of identify where we lived at the time. 
So I would have had to have been before sixth grade. I remember a man telling me, and I don't know what I did to provoke it, I just remember him saying this, and, and, I, and I didn't understand it. He said, you're quite a character. You could really be something if you were a boy. Oh, wow. And, and I, I just remember <laughs> thinking, well, what does that mean? You know, so that, that started very, Especially very as young. a child, too, you're thinking. Yeah. I didn't, I totally didn't experience that from my own father. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I didn't get it. But, but when I look back, I think that's the first thing, first time that I was consciously aware that maybe I was being observed differently because I was a girl. Um, I observed, I did know this, by the time I was in high school, and you have to, you have to remember, I graduated from high school in 1970. So, you know, that's been quite some time ago. Although in many ways, I'm sorry to say, guys, it hasn't changed a lot. I was very aware that in, in most jobs, and certainly within the church and, and not-for-profit organizations, so much of the time the women did the work and the men got the credit. Mm -hmm. The men made the decisions and the women made it happen. And I, I was aware of that and it seemed unjust to me. It seemed you know, unfair to me. But we didn't call it sexism back then. You know, we hadn't had our big revolutions yet. And, sure. and in fact, um, anyone who was revolting at that point in time were considered revolting. You know, they were, not, they were rebellious and not good people. So there was that. Um, another thing probably, and I know that, that some of your subscribers would not be coming from a ministry setting. They would know, be coming from other places. But... But for the, the, the qualities that are valued in men um, are not valued in women so much of the time. And that starts very, very young. And, and so, you know, you experience that. Like um, a strong-willed man, a strong-willed little boy is viewed in a different way as a strong, than a strong-willed little girl. Like, you know, a little girl will be called bossy and a little boy will be told he's a leader. And, and so those things, you know, those things have happened. That's so interesting. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It is so true. And you just see it across the board. And so I think, though, probably for me, the first time as an adult that I experienced sexism was being aware that I was in a, I was in a, a career path that was actually a calling to me. And I was serving in a... Um, I was serving in a, in a group, a denomination, that officially had ordained women, you know, from way back. Yet I was the first ordained woman in our state, mm. in our denomination, and I found out very quickly there's a glass ceiling. You technically can go as high as you want to, but not really. Mm -hmm. And so I experienced it in that way. Yeah. So it's a little bit like, you know, hey... Anyone can reach this point, but there's so many barriers and obstacles that yeah. you really can't. It really can't. It's, it's like, you know, um, the old saying that a woman can do anything a man can do, but she has to do it with her hands tied behind her back and in high heels. And that's kind of the way it is, unfortunately. It is. I, um, I feel like I have to be amazing to get half of the credit that the typical man will get. Wow. And I and I wish it wasn't true. There's a, a video right now that <clears throat> has been on uh, Facebook. 
I, I from produced by the United Methodist Church, and it's incredible. The the statements, and they're they're read by male pastors, the of the um, injustice that women in the United Methodist Church have suffered. You know the sexism, and it's just really hard. It's just it's it's true. It's just really true. And I'm not a militant person. I'm certainly not a feminist, so it's not a, a big trumpet that I blow. But since you're asking me today, I'll tell you probably everything you hear is true. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And we'll have we'll have that video in our show notes too in case you want to see that okay as well um our next question is how, how do you think that men and women experience leadership differently from the standpoint of being a leader yeah okay i i would say you know referencing back what we talked about a little bit before is that uh men have the privilege of saying what they think as they think it mm. Women have to couch everything very, very carefully. Mm. We have to be so careful. That bad B word that I won't say here, that is, uh, that's the way a strong woman is seen in that way. And a, a man, you know, uh, a man, you know, you, you handle that like a boss. A woman, right. that's yeah. not the B word they use for a woman right. who will take the reins of a situation and come and control. So, so that's true. There's, there's so many superficial things that a woman has to be aware of in leadership especially until you kind of earn your stripes that a man doesn't have to like uh, talk to us a little bit about that like what does that mean when you say earn your stripes like like what does that look like I mean well, is it even possible to, to, to gain that? you you can you can but you have to be you have to be exceedingly consistent it is much um, you just you have to be really really consistent and, and to be frank with you, it's very, very hard to be a woman leader if you don't have a couple of good men in your corner um, because, because there's, there's like an unspoken conspiracy that, that says that everything's a woman's fault, like. Um, I've heard this said, no, not about me, but I've heard it said about other women, she's too pretty to be in ministry. She's too pretty to be a leader. She's a temptation to the men around her. You gotta be kidding me. It's like, no, if a man gets in trouble, it's a man's problem. Mm -hmm. But it is different. You know, it's just, it's very, very different being a woman. The way, and, and like I said, this is so, this is so superficial, but uh, you guys can, in, in any setting, where you're allowed to be to be somewhat casual you can go in jeans and a and a t-shirt or a polo shirt or whatever like what we're both doing right now what you're doing right now as you notice i tried to strike a balance oh, this is okay. technically my day off but i wouldn't have thought of coming down here because i wasn't for sure i wasn't for sure how you guys would be and and a woman is seen differently it's just you're seen differently. And so I'm in kind of a sweatshirt that's not really a sweatshirt, and I have a necklace on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, sound, it sounds silly, I know, but you, you guys, you, you, don't, you don't have a clue what it's like like a, a woman has to consider. You guys always know. If you wear pants, you're covered. You got it covered. A woman doesn't know. Well, it may be very, very cold, but what if I go in, in pants and women are expected to wear a dress. I have announced that I am a rebel 
to the people who don't want to see me that way. It's it's very, very different. I'm just telling you, it's very, very different. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, so you actually have to think about things like oh, that. Whereas yeah. Caleb and I would have ne- like never, like we, we do meetings all the time with people. Yeah. And we would never, ever think. Um, and part of it is our generation. Part of it yeah. is our generation and how we think. But, mm-hmm. you know, to, for us to, as men to think that you have to, yeah. Um, dress a certain way to, to be a, even yeah. around people. I think that's what you're really saying. Is, yes, is you have to yeah. think about that. Yeah, if you're if you're wanting to per- be perceived as a leader as a woman, you have to do it very differently. You will notice even in even in your age. Uh, now, in if it's like something at a Catalyst conference or something like that, mm-hmm. it'll be a little bit different. But even if you see a young woman leader, the young guy leaders are always in jeans and very very casual. A young woman leader will tend to be not as casual. She'll be a little more careful because if she has any kind of leadership sense, she's recognizing I have to strike a balance that the guys don't have to worry about. It's just, it's, it's, um, there's so many, there's so many ways that you experience it uh, differently and um, honestly, it's so crazy. This is the way it is though. If there's a group and I have spent my life in, in leadership and, and have led at very, very high levels, and so I have spent much of my time in, in meetings and organizations serving uh, in places of leadership where I'm the only woman there. Mm. When they need a secretary, everybody looks at me. And I typically say, I don't do that. I mean, you guys can see my handwriting here. Do you want a person who writes like this to take your notes? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, mm. but it's assumed. Yeah. It's assumed. Uh, even it, you, it's just crazy, and I, it seems so petty to say these things, but you're asking, so I'm pointing them out. Mm-hmm. If there's a, a group of, of men in here, and, there's, and, and this would be my home area, but there would be several of us that it's our home area. Um, if somebody wants water or coffee, the eyes would turn to the woman in the room. There's just those kinds of things. I don't find that offensive. But I'm saying it's just that under... It's a thing that's there. Yeah. And, there. and I said earlier that there are things that are expected of women that aren't expected of men. Like um, gentle. You don't usually heard that, hear that given to a man as a compliment. Although mm. in my mind it's one of the greatest compliments a man can get to have a gentle spirit. But gentle is good for women. And so in women we tend to um, admire the traits and value the traits that make them naturally come underneath somebody else and so you know I and we're not women are are um, the 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 character trait of humility is is very valued very greatly in a woman submission all those kinds of things well those are traits that every leader should have mm-hmm. but they're more glaringly noticeable if they're missing in a woman than they are in a man. And so sometimes we encourage traits in our children to be, like for me, I'm a people pleaser by nature. I'm a, I'm a person who can have, can feel inadequate very easily, and it's part of, my, part of my makeup. Well, those are things that are encouraged in women. You know, to be a people pleaser, that's a valuable woman trait. It gets you down the road. It doesn't as a leader. So sometimes women have to choose, they have to choose. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, we do, yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that's really, really interesting. That's really interesting. So, so basically, what you're saying is, is um, 
that you, you've really kind of had to make this divide where you say, okay, so this is something that society would tell me mm-hmm. is value is valuable for me to, to behave mm-hmm. as a woman. Yeah. But if I'm going to be an effective leader, if I'm going to be somebody who's leading other people, mm-hmm. if I'm going to be having staff members and people like that who look into me, well, it's I it's even like, yeah. like being true to yourself. Exactly. It's not just hey, I want to be a great leader. It's mm-hmm. being true to who you are because you said you yeah. have the gift of leadership. Absolutely. And for me, it has been a spiritual discipline, truly, that God has worked in my life for a lot of years, and I have to keep coming back to it. And that is to view myself primarily as a child of God, Mm. to view myself primarily as an authentic person. And then I am grateful to be a woman. I wouldn't want to be a man. You know, I'm glad to be a woman. I'm not jealous of men, um, but, but I don't primarily think of myself as a woman. In fact, um, you know, when, when people will say to me, um, often, how does it feel to be a woman pastor? I will answer being a pastor is the joy of my life. Because that is. That's an interesting distinction, yeah. But I don't want to be, you know, I don't, and I don't want any, like, you know, the affirmative action programs and stuff that have been so popular in giving minorities a start. I don't want anything I don't deserve. I don't want to be assigned to anything because I'm a woman, I'm a token person on there. I want to deserve it. But when I deserve it, please get out of the way. You know, I, I wrote a blog the other day and I said, you know, if you're waiting me if waiting for me to to sit down, to shut up and shape up, don't hold your breath. Cause God gave me a voice and I'm using it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I think everybody should, men and women. I think, you know, that's that's where we should be. And women just have a uh, generally in leadership circles have a harder time finding their voice. Mm-hmm. You know, you've mentioned like some of the obstacles that you've had to face, you know, being being a woman leader, you know, you, considering like what dress you have to wear mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. What might be like a couple other ones that, you know what, that people don't like mm-hmm. that we don't typically think of, like men, men specifically. Don't think of. Well, um, when, because because we because typically our voices are softer because, you know, because we have maternal instincts. If we're you know, if you're a typical woman, you have that. Um, there are many situations that we're assumed that we cannot handle. When when my husband became superintendent um, of the of the state of Ohio, I had been associate pastor for you know for quite some time for many years. For like when he was there, eighteen years, and I was his sidekick the whole time. And I had had many other things outside of that church, and and uh, led denominationally, and and in secular ventures, and all different kinds of things. I'd I'd done those things. And so our congregation wanted me to be the, the senior pastor when Charlie left. It was the fight of my life to get to do that. And I was so shocked. It was the most shocking thing. I couldn't believe it because these people came to me for counseling, not to my husband. They came and that's, he couldn't believe it. They would come to me for wisdom with their questions and all those kinds of things. And, um, and our, our denominational leadership knew that and yet they said no, that I could not be the lead pastor there. You know, unbelievable the reasons that were given. Uh, One reason was that because of my gentle nature, that if there was any tough decision um, needed to be made, I could not pull the trigger. That was the exact phrase they used. That's interesting. Yeah, you would be unable to, to pull the trigger. And guess what? I would be unable as the lead leader to give the proper support to my husband. 
but what about him supporting me? Right. Who's going to think about that? You know, I would be un unable to do that. And then they said, for uh, Charlie and I both to be primary leaders uh, would be unfair to our children. And they felt that our children would, would suffer as a result of that. And I, I was so flabbergasted that I showed a very unsubmissive side of myself, not in, um, not in language, but I refused to accept the decision. Mm. I just refused to accept it. Then my second shock was that after I became the senior pastor, within a couple of weeks, 60 people left the church who had been... You knew that's interesting. They wanted me to be wow. pastor, and then they discovered that they couldn't handle... And one man came in with tears, and he said... He, he was a little younger than, than I, and he sat across from me at my desk, and he said, I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm saying this, but he said, my, my background is Baptist, and, and he said, um, my dad to this day will not even see a woman doctor. He would rather die than see a woman doctor. He just doesn't believe in that. And he said, I'm having a big struggle because people are asking me questions about you know being having a woman leader at your church. And he said, you saved my marriage. He said, you gave two years of your life to take care of my wife and I when, when all hell broke loose in our family. And he said, you saved my marriage, but I can't let you do that from the lead position. And so it was very, very, it was mm -hmm. shocking to me. It was like, you know, uh, going from, from one shock to the next, realizing that people have deeply held biases that no matter how much you think they love you, their biases will probably be stronger than their personal loyalty to you. So that, you know, those, those kinds of things. Um, I think uh, some of the other obstacles facing as a female leader that men don't have to, and I'll talk to you about your dad, Caleb, about Dwight. I remember when I, when I was uh, trying to figure out how could I raise money? And, you know, your dad is fabulous at that. Dwight is, is fabulous. And so, you know, I said to him, I said, how do you, how do you do this? How, how do you do this? And he said, um, well, he said, what I do, he said, I get a list of, you know, prospective people that I would talk to, and then I take them out to breakfast. And I said... That sounds exactly like Dwight. Yeah. I said, well, here's my problem. I'm feeding my kids breakfast when you're when you are going out to breakfast mm -hmm. and I'm taking them to school. That's what I'm doing because I have my mothering responsibilities to do in the morning before I can start something else. And so a, a woman's just even a, a woman leader, if she values her home. My husband says women always work harder than men because they're never off duty mm. if they have children in a family. And I think that's really true. Yeah. And and I have laughed many times. I need a wife. I just need a <laughs> wife. <laughs> because I still that's have funny. Caleb and I yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> it's great. It is great. I think and and I'm I'm really blessed that that I have a wonderfully supportive husband and we support each other. But it doesn't matter that when kids are little they want their mom. You know, they, they want their mom. And, and so, when, but it doesn't erase the leadership from you once you've taken it on. And so I, I was offered 
uh, senior positions when our kids were very young. And I didn't take any of those because I was very convinced that for that season of my life, I needed to do this. And because of cultural expectations, I don't know how much of it is beyond that, but at least for what I believe, for how I feel about it. I believe that if a woman is, is choosing to, to have a family and to also have a leader's career, I believe a woman has to make choices that are more sacrificial than the typical man does because a man can rely on his wife to do those right. kinds of things and there's a season of time that a woman has to be there. So I give that advice to young women a lot that you know your, your leadership will probably um, come in, in seasons. And then, then one more thing I'll say on that and then you know I can pass on the rest of it is it is the, there's just standards that are different for men and women. Like if, if, um, if a child goes to school dirty or with a cold, nobody blames his dad. That's true. They blame the mother. There's poor mothering. And even my own mother, who I adore her, I love her to death, and I never spoke of this until she was already in heaven because I wouldn't have heard her for the world. But my mother's expectations for me were so different than for my brother. We're both in ministry. But she would go to his house before he was married and clean his house and cook his food and do all these kinds of things because life was so hard for him. He had so much on his plate. And I would just look at her and I would mm -hmm. think, wow, I'm doing the same thing he's doing. And she, she and I had a discussion. And you're, and you're married yeah. and have kids. Yeah, yeah, same thing. And I said to her one day, she, actually she came to my house and she... Um, I wasn't home yet, and she started in doing my laundry. I was quite a bit behind on my laundry, and I uh, typically did it on the weekends, and she started in on my laundry. And when I came home, and I saw that she was there, I went downstairs to the basement, and I, and I saw her, and I said, Hi, Mom. I was so excited to see her. And she turned around and had the most sorrowful look on her face. And she said, Honey, nothing in your work life matters if you're failing at home. Cut me to the quick. I can feel emotional thinking about it right now. It's like, I'm not failing at home. Having laundry in the basement doesn't mean I'm failing at home. A man would never hear that. A man would never hear it. He could have, he could have uh, laundry out the wazoo. He could have nothing to wear, and it would be his wife's fault, regardless of how hard she was working. And that is still typically the way it is. It's just the challenges that women face are different than what men face. They just are not feeling sorry for myself. I'm just telling you they are. Yep. And I'm good with my mom. I know her perspective from heaven now is different. I think she thinks I'm a pretty good leader from where she is now. <laughs> but she was always uncertain about my calling because she was raised that, you know, women were to be supporters, not leaders. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's interesting even in mm -hmm. itself is that people... Um, and, you know, I, I graduated from Malone University, and it's a university that really, in our in our in the theology department, they really um, encourage women in leadership and in ministry and things like that. But it's so funny because I'll hear the same thing coming from them, where they'll say, you know, oh, uh, being a woman, they will quite people have to question whether or not your calling is correct. Where for a yes. man, they don't have to. Never do. It's yeah, so do. interesting. In fact, if you can believe this, in I was ordained in the state of Ohio. And to date, in all the years, uh, the, the denomination that I'm a part of has been ordaining in Ohio since uh, before, the, before 1900. And I'm the only person in history 
that ever had someone stand to object to their ordination. Oh, wow. And it was because I'm a woman. So it's different. <laughs> I'm telling yeah, you, it's very, different. very different. It's yeah. different, yeah. Okay, so we've talked a lot about the yes. obstacles and yes. challenges. What are some of the benefits of being a woman leader? Oh, my goodness. I think the first ones are just the benefits that any leader have that you men are already experiencing. It is so incredible to, to watch people work together and be a part of that. And be, it is, it's incredible to get a vision and have it come to life. So I would say first and foremost, the benefits of, of being a, a woman leader are just the benefits of being a leader. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing quite like it. I yeah. mean, feeling Mother Teresa said your life can be a glove with God's hand in it. And that's what I feel as a leader. You know, I feel like, wow, my gosh, I would do, I, you know, I, just over, over and over again. There, there are so many benefits, which keeps me. Everything I've told you is honestly, truly. If you hadn't asked me about it, and you just talked to me about leadership and not specifically about women in leadership, it would have mm-hmm. never come up because I don't feel oppressed. Yeah, I don't feel oppressed. I feel like I, I'm a leader. And I feel like everybody's got some lumps to take, you know, um, and and so I know pretty quickly what my, you know, what one hardship is going to be out, out of the gate. And so I can get that out of the way pretty quickly. The benefits of being a leader, knowing that um, that you have a part in changing lives and changing destinies and changing histories. Oh, my word. Nothing like it. It's just it's just incredible. Then I think there are some unique strengths and, and benefits that come to a woman leader. One is... Um, I think that women leaders have, they have a foundation to have an incredible compassion for other people. Uh, one thing that you might say it would because of, be because of a gender difference to start with, and I'm sure that some of that is it, it, although I know incredibly compassionate men. I think one of the things that makes uh, women as leaders um, have, have the ability to be particularly compassionate as leaders is because they know what it is from the start to be totally rejected for something that you cannot control. And, you know, unless you're a black male, unless you're a disabled male, unless you have something like that, if you're, if you're a, typical, uh, a typical Caucasian uh, male leading in our society, you rarely get rejected out of the gate for something that you had no control over. Uh, it's all merit based. Yeah, it's all yeah. It's all, it's all merit based. Yeah, and so I think that I you know I see it not just in myself but in others. The uh, compassionate leadership seems to come more naturally to women, and I think some of that is because of what we experience. I also think that uh, that another benefit to a woman leader. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but women bosses are very, very much more popular than um, really? male bosses. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, in almost every survey, women bosses are, are more popular. And I, the reason is because men are more logical, left-brained, women are more right-brained and relational, and so women are more affirming. Like a guy can work. It, now, it's not so much now because we change jobs more frequently, but, but back in the day when... When, um, you know, when my dad was starting out and actually when Charlie and I were starting out as well, a guy could work at his job for 30 years and never know whether he did well or not. You know, he might get an occasional raise, but nobody affirmed him. 
you know, his bosses were largely men and they would get, you know, a plaque or a watch or something after they served 30 years and that mm -hmm. was it. Mm -hmm. Women are the motivating force between all the perks and jobs and all that kind of stuff and a woman will be, a woman is much more likely to do a shout out on social media to her team than a man is. It's just because we're relational, that's where we are. And I think that that's an asset as a leader. I think a benefit to being a woman leader and having a woman leader is that you always have someone thinking about the people, the relational aspect of it. And that's very, very strong. And I, and I think that those kind of strengths are ones that women should build on because I, I don't really think there's much uh, room for, for fighting about it. It doesn't help you to fight. So I just think, you know, get a hold of your strength and just knock them out with that. And then yeah. typically, then they'll let you, you lead. I think those are big. I think the nurturing uh, instincts that, that women have, not to the exclusion of men, men have some of those as well. But I also think that, that uh, women, women leaders tend to have a better feel for the shape of their team and the morale of their team. They can... Um, a woman will typically know that there's trouble afoot before a man will. And that's, I think, that, that any really good male leader is going to have a really strong woman leader with him just to kind of sense out that stuff. My husband used to take me on interviews with me and he'd have me kick him under the table if I sensed something bad. He said, because you just know. He said, you, you've got this gut instinct and if, you, if someone is, is, is really feeding me a line, I may hire him before I realize that they're, you know, that they're not for real. And he said, you just have this thing. Well, it's actually a, you know, it's a scientific biological fact. We do have more connectors between the hemispheres of our brain that makes us more intuitive. And so he would always take me with him if it was something he was concerned about. And he would say, you know, that's really interesting. Give me a little ankle kick. Let me know to slow down. <laughs> so I think all of those things are good for being a woman leader. Okay, so let's, you know, there, I'm sure there's, um, you know, women like in their young 20s who are preparing to be in leadership if they aren't already. What advice would you give to them? I would say don't, first and foremost, don't find your primary identity in being a woman. Find it in being, you know, if you, if you believe that you are gifted to be a leader, find that as your primary identity. I think that women make mistakes when they surround themselves with other women the same way as I think men surround themselves with, with surely men and it's a mistake because we need each other. Mm -hmm. We're so much better. I mean, there's a reason that there's two kinds of us, you yeah. know, and we need each other. And I, I think that, that women have tended to feel so rejected that we have so many women's conferences and stuff together. And when you're, when you're young and you're starting out, and you're, um, you know, you don't have a lot of support, and you're, you're going to have to probably pay for most of the conferences you go to, or an advancement. You're going to tend, and people are going to try to get you. Women are going to try to get you to go to a woman's conference. That I would say, no, 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 don't do that. Put yourself out there as a leader. Go as a leader. Don't identify yourself primarily as a woman. Go to places where leaders go, and make yourself to be available to be mentored by anyone who will mentor you. I. Um, again, I, you know, not wanting to appear overconfident, but there are very few, only 2.2% of large churches are, are senior-led by women. And, I'm, and I, that's not in my denomination, that's across the board. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those. Okay, so, um, and I, 
in the kind of uh, like doctrinal churches that I lead, I've pastored the largest church that has been grown to be that size by a woman. And you know, someone who hasn't just been uh, appointed there. Well, how bad off would I be had I looked for women to mentor me? There wasn't anybody, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so I, have been, I have been mentored by men primarily and I'm grateful for it and and they've you know they've held me to high standards and have helped me and believed in me and it's not that it, it's not that I look down on women I certainly don't there just hasn't been anybody ahead of me now there's people to mentor me in other areas in specific areas mm-hmm. of my job women can mentor me but as an overall leader I've needed to be mentored by men and I would say that that's, that is the primary advice I would give to a young woman is don't find your identity as a woman. Find it as a leader and, and pursue that. And then I'd also tell, and this is a fine line, you need to let your passions lead you and do something that you're totally passionate about because you're going to get kicked a lot. And that's any leader. That's you guys too. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, a man too. So you need to do something that you're passionate about. Like, you know, I, uh, I'm the founder of uh, Clear Blue Global Water Project and the director of that, uh, which uh, provides water to uh, desperately needy locations around the, the world. And that's my passion. You know, that is, that is a passion for me. And I, and I lead that. So I, I would say you, you find your passion and you follow it, but when you follow it, don't lead from your emotions. And it's kind of hard distinguishing sometimes. Lead from your passion, which is something... An emotion-driven thing. Yeah. You lead from your passion, which is what you will do if you don't get paid for it. I don't get paid to do Clear Blue. It's totally volunteer, but it's pretty consuming. Um, you, 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 your passion is something that you will do whether you get paid or not, whether you get appreciated or not, you'll do that. So lead from your passion, but while you're leading from your passions, don't let your emotions drive you. If your emotions drive you, uh, if your emotions drive you as a male, you'll probably, uh, you'll probably lose a lot of followers because of your anger. If you lead from your emotions as a woman, you'll probably lose a lot of uh, followers because your tears will make you seem weak. And so you need to not lead from your emotions. Man, that that's a really good way to put that because you know, um, you know, women tend to be viewed well. Don't be emotional because yeah. you know you end up yeah. breaking down and you're crying. But it's also true for the for yeah. the men yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very. I, I just think not leading from your emotions. Have lead from your passion, but not from your emotions because mm-hmm. your emotions will be misread. They just will. Now. Would you have anything extra to say? Like, go back to yourself as a 25-year-old leader. What would you say to yourself? Would it be the same stuff or different stuff? It'd be... Or in addition stuff? In addition to that, specifically to myself mm-hmm. as a 25-year-old. Um, when I was coming up through kind of the ranks, coming up through leadership then, um, there you always had to be very, very careful to be a woman serving in a largely male population because you were suspect. And I let my health get out of control then because honestly, it was easier to climb and to be a strong leader if I was overweight 
than if I was not, because I was not viewed with the kind of suspicion. You know, I, I look like a mom. You know, I just look like a mom. Mm -hmm. And so um, I allowed a couple of critical comments that I had made to me very early on made me feel like if I could be pretty careful to be kind of a wallflower, I would do better. Mm -hmm. And I look back now and I realize what a disservice that was to myself and to my children. You know, I, I was not as healthy as I could have been then. And, and I realized I sabotaged myself. It was a more comfortable place. And so I, I would say to, to, um, to my young Brenda, I would say don't let people's criticism of you cause you to change who you want to be. You know, you got one life. Live it the way that you feel like you should. And so I, I would say that. Um, I, I would say to myself, let how you look be their issue, not your issue. You know, um, not just in, in physical appearance, but even stuff like, I, you know, I've always loved jewelry. I'm a blingy kind of girl. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. But it took me a while before I felt comfortable just being myself because it was too easy to be criticized. And I think, I think women are especially prone to that. So I would say that. And I would say, if I, if I could go back uh, to, say, 25-year-old me, I would say, don't apologize for being who you are and don't even feel like you need to explain who you are just be who you are just be who you are i think that's pretty good advice for men too <laughs> yeah i think that's i think that's pretty that, that's pretty yeah. good advice for anybody i think so too and i wish i would have grasped it sooner it's so hard to whenever you're first starting in in in, in ministry and both caleb and i are in, in a spot where mm -hmm. you know we're in our first full-time paid ministry position mm -hmm where you know we're the person now in charge we're not interns anymore we're not yeah. we're not figuring it out which yeah. we all are always figuring it out sure but i, I hear but, but people saying. look at us and they say well you have already figured it out yeah um and, and so i think that's terrific advice yeah. um for anybody i and i hope you hold on to it your whole life because now you know now i'm at a different stage of life i'm i'm more I've done I've done more ministry than I'm going to do if you know you know what I mean because I'm on the tail tail end of it although I intend to you know die in the saddle but um, but I find you know that there are things now that I feel like you know my first tendency will be to explain myself or to apologize for myself and there's no need to do that just you know just be just be who you are do what you're called to do and you know keep moving keep moving in that direction and and uh, you'll find you'll find a lot of strength in the freedom of being who you are and and I find you know now I like being around people like you because now I really need to be mentored by younger people I need you people to tell me like you know sharing podcasts as with me as you did when we were just chatting today those kinds of things I need to hear that I need to be I need to be constantly mentored and I I would also want to tell my young self that you will never quit learning if you do the day you quit learning is the day you quit leading you just that's just it yeah so okay as we wrap up the last question we have is you know what are some things because Todd and I we want to be the type of leaders that you know we 
we want equality for yeah. women and women leaders. Yeah. What advice would you give to like us? Well, I would say that you have the capacity to open doors for women that they will have a very hard time opening for themselves because there will be things in front of the door. And I would say, when you see a really capable woman, do whatever you can to, to open that door for her and offer, you know, offer your help, be right there. I, I would also say that you're gonna get a great benefit from it because the average woman, women are notoriously loyal. You, when you help a woman and she recognizes, oh my goodness, you will have a loyal friend for life and who knows, she might exceed you in leadership. She might be giving you a hand up someday. And so I would say definitely, definitely do that. And I, I think the, the, the one, if I could say one thing to men leaders that I would wish they would, would really get a hold of is that a woman leader who, who is any good at it is always conscious of balance. For instance, I'll tell you what it's like to be a woman pastor for me. Now, not all women will do this, but, but I'm a pretty good leader. And so I'm always aware of this. I'm always aware of how many men to women, what the ratio is that we have. Uh, we, if, the, if I am the person speaking that day, the person praying or hosting that day will be a male just will be because we need that you attract what you you know what you lift up you you attract that and so I'm very conscious of that and every now and then I'll see our lineup for service and I'll send it back and I'll say this doesn't work you know you don't the balance is not good here and that's that's a thing that the average man is not even aware of a man will have all men on the platform that's and so not interesting. even yeah, think that's about so it true. and won't even think about it and so I, I would say that whether it's other, um, <laughs> I would see whether it's other inequalities or whatever, don't put, don't just put women in the serving roles. You know, if you take an average company, an average uh, church staff, you'll have a lot of people in serving roles because they're good administratively and all that kind of stuff. But to let them get up and be the, the face of leadership it's so much harder to do that. And I think that men need to be very aware. If you're gonna be a strong leader and if you're going to lead all the people, well then let all the people be represented. Mm -hmm. Try to represent all ages, get older people up there, younger people up there, get, you know, try to represent all of that. And I, I would say that, that men could take us forward, not only with women, but with other minorities, if, if men would, would get a new filter on themselves and start looking at things in areas of balance. Is this, is this so male dominated that someone coming in and making an observation would see it differently than I do? So I, I think you could help in great ways in that way. Wow, well, this has been great. I um, love being here. I really loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast yeah, thank today. You. Thank you. If it's been great. People want to like learn from you more or follow like what's your blog, you know, Clear Blue, how do how do they get in touch with you? Okay, my blog is brendayoung.net and um, my my Facebook is uh, Brenda Mason Young and my uh, Clear Blue is clearblueproject.com and all of those you can find me somewhere and I, I would love to dialogue one of my one of my things has always been giving other people a hand up 
and whether it's a man or a woman, if they want to hand up in, in leadership, I'll give them my best shot. Great. Well, thanks Thank for you. joining us Thank today. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I think my biggest takeaway from that interview was really just understanding um, the dynamic that women have to face when it comes to leadership and that myself as a man just take for granted. And I don't mean that for pity. I just mean it as a reality, um, that that's just the reality that women have to deal with. Um, now, it shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, it is. And just realizing that dynamic and just realizing um, really what women have to go through whenever it comes to leadership and how, as um, a man, I should be helping them and supporting them and treating them as equals. Right. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great, great interview that she gave us. Um, and it's definitely something for us to, be, to keep in mind as leaders. Um, so last week, um, transitioning now, last week we had started a, a contest um, for, for, for you guys, the listeners, to be able to um, kind of interact with us a little bit. So last week we, we, the, the episode aired about the Wright Brothers. And so what we said was we were going to give away the Wright Brothers book. And so what we did was we asked folks to, um, to comment on Facebook or to tweet something at us that they've either learned from the podcast or that they've just been learning in general. Yep, or on Instagram too. Or on Instagram too. You're right. And so this is so. So what we did was we said that on the next week we would we would announce the winner. And so that's what we're going to do. Um, and so what we got is we got we had a, a comment on Facebook that we really felt like um, we really felt like captured what we were trying to do with this. And so I'm just going to read it really quickly, and then I'll I'll announce um, I'll announce the person's name. So this is what the comment said. This is not something I learned from the podcast. However, it has taught me a very valuable lesson. I found out recently that two of my friends from high school were having um, horrible family difficulties. They were way beyond the normal difficulties we all deal with at this age. Um, Mind you, this was 40 years ago. Both friends were people that everyone respected. They were thought of as the rich kids, the smart kids, the cool kids, the ones that had it all together. Unfortunately, they were really suffering. I learned that we never know what people are going through and that we should treat others with love and respect regardless. And so that was the comment that was left. And the, the winner is, uh, her name is Cindy Tonjes. Um, and so Cindy, what we're going to do is we're going to get in contact with you and we'll actually, we're going to send you a copy of The Wright Brothers by David McCullough. Um, so thank you everybody for participating. Thank you for commenting. And we do have a special mention um, to talk about. We have a shout out to Micah Hasty, who literally put on, he, he commented, I've learned about this content, this podcast contest just now. I've learned I can win a book by commenting. I hope I do. Uh, Michael, we love you. Um, and we just wanted to shout you out because that, it just made us chuckle. On the next episode, we're going to be talking about social media. And we're going to be joined by Brandon Hostetler, the Assistant Communications Director at New Point Community Church, and be talking about him, talking with him about some social media strategies. The best way to make sure you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes or on another podcast app that you may use. And if you want to see some of our key takeaways from this episode, check out our show notes. So the show notes are a great way to be able to um, see links, quotes, 
Um, and anything that we talked about in the podcast, we put that in there so that you guys can can see it. Um, and how you can find the show notes is by going to iTunes and under the descriptions tab, you can actually go in there and you can access all of the show notes from any um, of our episodes. And you can even go back um, to different episodes and be able to access it all right there. We have it for you um, so that you can see that. And if this podcast has helped you in any way, leave us a rating or write a review of our podcast on iTunes. And if you want to continue the conversation, or if you just want to tell us what you're learning about currently right now, you know, hit us up on our Facebook page, you know, follow us on our Instagram, our handles at the Learners Corner, or hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you're learning at our handle at Learners Podcast. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.